Welcome to The Wisdom Journey with Stephen Davey. I'm your host, Scott Wiley. Last time, Stephen began teaching about the parable commonly known as the prodigal son. However, the story really has two prodigals. Friend, only when you see yourself as a sinner will you truly understand and appreciate God's grace. And it's in offering grace to others that we demonstrate God-like character. The story of the prodigal son is perhaps the Lord's best-known parable. Yet as familiar as we might be with it, we think of it as the parable of the prodigal son. But let me tell you, this is really a parable of two prodigal sons. Both sons are lost. One son becomes a prodigal when he runs away from home, and the other son is a prodigal while he stays at home. Both sons defy their father's wishes. Both sons break their father's heart. The father leaves the house in order to find both of them. In fact, both of them need to be found. Now, remember, this is the third of three parables here in Luke chapter 15. Jesus is telling these parables in response to the Pharisees and the scribes. They've been grumbling over the fact that Jesus was eating a meal with all kinds of sinners, you know, who would probably never darken the door of a synagogue. Well, Jesus is going to be making the point here that his mission is to seek and to save those who are lost. You see, the lost need to be found. And when they are found, well, as we'll discover uh, here, the hosts of heaven rejoice. Now, so far we've seen the younger brother demand his inheritance before his father died. That was a a shameful demand. But the father divides the inheritance, and and after that, well, his, his younger son takes off. After wasting his entire inheritance in reckless living, the Bible says, he came to his senses. So out there in the pig pen, starving to death, He's going to come up with a plan here, and he decides to return home. Now, most people think at this point that he's repented out there in the pig pen, but this isn't true repentance. Uh, He's come up with an apology, but, but Jesus actually quotes him as saying the very same words Pharaoh said to Moses in order to get out from underneath uh, the plagues. Pharaoh had said, I have sinned against God and before you. That's exactly what the prodigal is going to say. But the prodigal is going to add this little phrase at the end, treat me, literally make of me one of your hired servants. And the Greek word here for servants isn't the typical word for slave or servant. It refers to a hired craftsman. See, he's planning to ask his father to finance an apprenticeship, to to make him into a professional craftsman and put him on the payroll. See, this way he can continue living an independent life, and and who knows, he might even be able to pay his father back. But let me tell you, he's not going home to confess. He's going home to try and save face. Now, what happens next is shocking, especially to the scribes and the Pharisees who are listening in as Jesus tells us in a rather dramatic story. 
Four scenes very quickly unfold here, and the first scene unfolds to highlight the Father's grace. Verse 20 says, While he, that is the Son, was still a long way off, his Father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. The word here for ran literally means to race. And I got to tell you, in this culture, older men didn't race anybody. They didn't run. Running was considered beneath the dignified posture of an older man here in the Middle East. Now, why is he racing to his son? Or better yet, who is he racing to his son? You see, in this day and age, the prodigal's sinful, shameful decisions shamed not only his father and his family, but the entire village as well. And so two things might very well happen here to this prodigal son. The villagers could follow the letter of the law and have him stoned to death, or they could perform what was called the kazaza ceremony. That ceremony involved them taking a jar and filling it with burnt beans and throwing it at the prodigal's feet, signifying in this public kazaza ceremony that he would never receive anything from them again. He would be banished then from their village forever. So you need to understand that the father is racing to get to his prodigal son first. This is where the parable here becomes a picture of God the Son who left the Father's house and came running to seek and to save the lost. Now, with that, the second scene opens. It highlights the Son's guilt. Verse 21, the Son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your Son. You notice, by the way, that he doesn't make that last little statement about financial assistance. (laughs) He's, He's blown away by his father's grace, love, and compassion. See, the prodigal's tone is is completely changed. Now he simply says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son, period. No negotiation, just humble, true confession. Now, with that, the third scene opens, and it highlights the Father's gifts of grace. Verse 22 says, But the Father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Now, the best robe here literally reads the first robe. This is the Father's robe. This would be worn on feast days days and and grand occasions. So the father, in fact, says here, do this quickly. Why? Well, so that as that mob arrives from the village, they would understand immediately that there's been a reconciliation. The son is, is under the protection of his father. He's effectively wearing his father's honor and reputation. This is a great picture of salvation. We are filthy sinners but we've been robed with the righteousness, the reputation of Jesus Christ. The father here also has a ring put on his son's finger and shoes on his feet. The the ring was a seal of family authority. This granted him the right to transact business in his father's name. And I can't help but think likewise, beloved, as, as God's children, we transact eternal business in God's name today, don't we? 
Now, shoes here symbolized family membership. Slaves didn't wear shoes. Family members did. Well, now the father calls for a celebration feast here in verse 24. He says, My son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Now, what did the prodigal son do to deserve this? I'll tell you, nothing. And that's the point. You don't pay God back for salvation. It's a gift of God's grace. Now, this brings us back to the final scene, beginning here in verse 25. And this highlights the the older brother's grumbling. Uh, Verse 28 tells us that his older brother arrives home from work and is immediately resentful. He refuses to join in the celebration. His father is, is doing what? He's receiving a sinner and eating a meal with him. And so the older brother's grumbling. You see, the Lord is obviously identifying him with the Pharisees. They're unwilling to eat a meal with a sinner they don't believe deserves it, and they're grumbling over Jesus. Well, again, the father has to leave his house. He goes out to the older brother, and the older brother says to his father here in verse 29, "'These many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command.' Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. Now, when I read this, I got to admit, I kind of feel sorry for him. It doesn't seem fair to me either. But I I, I want you to watch this. Grace is never about fairness. Grace is always undeserved forgiveness. See, this older son here looks good, but he has the heart of a Pharisee. Yeah, he's kept the rules. He's respectable. Uh, He's dependable. He's moral. He's obedient. He's the one that got patted on the back for the, the son, being the son who stayed. He deserves this kind of treatment, he believes, from the father. And he's missing the point. Grace is not a reward. It's a gift. The truth is, the older brother cared more about himself than his father's happiness. In fact, he cared more about himself than the fact that his brother had come home and been restored. Where do you see yourself in this parable? Do you see yourself in the older brother as one who's kept the rules and perhaps you believe you deserve better treatment from your heavenly father? Well, let me encourage you to confess right now your heart attitude of pride and and thank God all over again for the fact that his, his grace is a gift that is never deserved. Do you see yourself today and in this prodigal, this younger brother who's returned home, someone who's run away from God but now realizes that he's unworthy of his father's grace? Well, if that's you, Right where you are right now, let me invite you to humbly ask the Lord for his gracious gifts of forgiveness and salvation. Remember, these gifts are yours for free, and that's because Jesus paid it all. Well, beloved, until our next wisdom journey together, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
That was Stephen Davey and a lesson he called Two Prodigal Sons. We have a free resource for you today. Do you find the Bible intimidating? Maybe you've read parts of it but struggled to understand what it means. Maybe you've never even attempted to read it because, well, it's just too confusing. If so, you're not alone. But it is possible to understand the Bible. We just need to know where to look. Stephen developed a guide to help you understand the framework of the Bible. Simply go to our website at wisdomonline.org forward slash guide. As soon as you provide your email address, this resource will arrive in your inbox. Do that today, then join us next time to continue traveling on this wisdom journey. 